everybody. Welcome to Press A Gaming Podcast. With uh, Today I'm joined by uh, Ray Rumsey, otherwise known as the Chronicler with our Chronicles of the Lost Realm. Hey, everybody. And as always, Christopher Michael Stoll, the host of the Realm of the Mist podcast and uh, also plays Ferun Tectonolis in Chronicles of the Lost Realm. What's up, guys? And as always, I'm your host, Zephyr Zero, and today we're talking about Pokemon. That's right, we're covering the controversy. Dun dun dun. <laughs> Gotta catch a charge, Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but yeah, uh, recently in the Pokemon community, there's a controversy that's been brewing that's actually earned the nickname hashtag Dexit. Um. Apparently, with the newest Pokemon game that's coming down the pipeline, they're actually the first Pokemon games for a uh, main series console release, Pokemon Sword and Shield. Uh, It came to light after E3. They did a Nintendo Treehouse thing where the developers of Pokemon uh, made a point of talking about another service for Pokemon called Pokemon Home where you're going to be able to import all of your Pokemon from old games and even can move them from Sword and Shield into Pokemon Home, Uh, they brought up the point that not every Pokemon is going to be able to be brought into Sword and Shield, that only certain Pokemon from the Galar region decks are going to be able to be brought brought into the games. And that made a lot of fans really angry. Because apparently everybody wants to bring in their favorite Pokemon from the previous games. I guess we've got people who are bringing Pokemon from uh, all the way back to the Advance Game Boy Advance series games. They've been bringing them forward for years, and they're mad that they're not going to be able to do it again with this latest release. Uh, uh, which is, uh, you know, honestly, it's it's a somewhat valid gripe I I guess because they have been bringing their Pokemon forward for years but also on the other hand we've had Pokemon games in the past like where bringing your Pokemon forward wasn't even a possibility Um, like between some of the uh, handheld generations Uh, but I can understand where some of the fandom is is unhappy about not having a national dex in the new game, but I I also think that uh, some of the other people who came up during this controversy about other problems with the Pokemon series as a whole have a more valid argument than just the no national dex. Because you're going to be able to bring your Pokemon forward to some Pokemon game in the future. Not being able to bring them to Sword and Shield is not the end of the world. I mean, I'm again, like I said before we started recording, I fell out of Pokemon when they started coming up with letters and walking ice cream as Pokemon characters. So, I mean, and, and quite honestly, like as far as the video games are concerned, I fell out after after Pokemon Yellow because all the games past it are the exact same freaking game. It's the exact same thing over and over again. But I, I look at it, I'm trying to look at it from a video game standpoint, and the only thing I'm making comparison to right now is like a like a console, like your Xbox One. When it first came out, it didn't have full compatibility, backwards compatibility with previous games, like from 360, and especially not from you know the original Xbox console. But as the life of the uh, system has been going on, they've they've added more to the library for backwards compatibility, including the original console. I imagine the way they're going to release Sword and Shield is like, yeah, you can't bring over this shit now. But with updates and time, eventually Sword and Shield will have the backwards compatibility for the rest of the Pokemon characters. Or, that's or what your a lot characters. Of, that's what a lot of the fans are holding out hope for is that eventually they'll put an update which lets you bring in post-game content of having all of your Pokemon. Uh, especially with the Pokemon Home service being able to have all of your Pokemon in one location. I, even if they don't update Sword and Shield to be able to bring them in, I guarantee you they're going to sprinkle in some of the ones that got missed this time around in the next game or so. 
Right. Or or they're going to build in some sort of battle function or multiplayer functionality to Pokemon Home. Of like, you have all of your Pokemon stored in Pokemon Home, and then you can use them to battle people online if you're into the competitive scene uh, in uh, via Pokemon Home. But, uh, now Ray, you got any uh, commentary on the whole controversy mm. yeah, i'm just sitting here thinking about it and i mean on the one hand i get it you want to you want to have your favorite pokemon you want to play with the stuff that you've been using you're familiar with and you know what works but on the other hand it's kind of like um almost you have to try something new and you never know it might be absolutely the best thing since sliced bread you might not even think twice about those Pokemon that are sitting in the other game that you can't port over or whatever, you know? Uh, I'm thinking it, it might be time to spread your wings, try something new. Well, see, I, I, right. I, there, there is something I'm a little confused on, so maybe you guys can clarify for me. Are we talking about, like, Pikachu is not porting over, or are we talking about the person's, person's particular Pikachu that they've been working on since Pokemon Red, which is, like, level 376? Uh, level cap levels capped at like 100. That's been the way for like the all the series games. But um, I'm exaggerating, uh, but you, you get my point. Is like, are we talking about like the the classic character or the player's particular Pokemon that they've been playing with since days gone by? It's uh, specific Pokemon that appear in the Galar region's Pokedex. So some Pokemon will be in the Pokedex and be able to be ported over. Anyone who's not in the Galar region Pokedex cannot be ported over. So Pikachu, for example, is one of the ones that's going to be able to be ported over. It's been in all of the um, uh, uh, my brain's not working right now. All of the it's advertisements been, and everything. It's, it's been in everything Pokemon. It's basically Pokemon's Mickey Mouse. Of course it's going to be in every game. Well, yeah, that, that basically, <laughs> right. I, I don't think they'd ever be able to get away with not having Pikachu on the decks. But um, it, we're pretty sure that it's been on all the advertisements for Sword and Shield, all of the trailers and everything. So we're pretty sure Pikachu's going in there. Um, so so, so what you're saying is, is that Sword and Shield is regional. Like there, there is a particular region that this game is going to take place in. Exactly. And the, the Pokemon that you're able to catch and train are native to that region. Yes. I don't see the that problem. Is, that is, that is I, exactly I, what I don't see the problem at all. Okay, yeah, it sucks. You can't use your Charmander because he's not in the Pokedex for the Gala region because he's not found in the Gala region. The I'm game actually, is, is, is targeting a particular area. That makes sense to me. I'm not seeing the issue. But, um... I'm actually going to pull something from a uh, quote you for a second here, Chris, uh, back at co covering a completely different topic. Yay. Um, I've heard you, I've heard you, I've heard you say this, uh, when we were talking about star Wars in the, in the extended universe and all of that, how Disney made it not canon. And you said you're happy with the, the extended universe being made kind of non canon for all the, all the movies and everything. Cause it meant you were getting new stuff. Yeah. And that's kind of how I feel about the whole uh, no national decks controversy with Pokemon and everything is I'm not super broken up about not being able to bring every single Pokemon I've ever had uh, of the massive library of Pokemon that they have these days. They're up like past 800 at this point. Um, I'm not unhappy about that because it means I get new Pokemon and, and new things to look at, and it's, it's a new region for me. It's a lot like what Pokemon Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald were for me when they came out on the Game Boy Advance back in like the early 2000s, because that was an entirely new region with very little uh, Pokemon from prior generations until the post-game. Right, and, and again, now, first off, I just want to state... Uh... How weird it is to hear one of my own quotes read back to me. Uh, <laughs> never thought in my lifetime I'd ever hear one of my own quotes come back to me. Um, but It seemed relevant. It, it, it's very relevant because it, it's kind of the same deal. Like Now that you brought that quote back to me, that it, it's pretty much the exact same thing. Nobody's saying that this 
uh, other regions of Pokemon and the other renditions of, of the games and stuff like that never existed. It's just that this one is going to take place here. And here, the only Pokemon characters that are native to this region are the ones that are going to be in the game. I'm not seeing the problem. I'm really not seeing the problem. You get a brand new game with brand new characters to explore and learn, which means you get a challenge back into the game again. What, where's the challenge of playing the exact same game over and over again? Which, which, bring, which brings us to the other gripe that came out of this whole No National Index controversy. Of There's a lot of fans of the Pokemon series as a whole that are uh, complaining that Game Freak has a problem of implementing a, a feature into a Pokemon game and then whatever next generation, for no reason, this feature, whether it was well-received or not, just disappears altogether. And uh, it's actually happened in several re regions, pr uh, uh, generations prior. Like uh, in Pokemon Heart Gold and Soul Silver, we got the follower Pokemon, uh, uh, kind of a throwback to Pokemon Yellow with Pikachu that would follow you all around. Pokemon Heart Gold and Soul Silver, you had the capability of having a Pokemon follow you while you were running around the Overworld or whatever. And uh, after that game, it just went away, never came back. And then now people are complaining that in the X and Y generation, Generation 6, I think it was, um, we got Mega Evolutions, which everybody thought that was cool. You had Pokemon that, that were able to evolve past their highest evolution state, albeit temporarily, but it gave them a nice power boost and really cool alternate looks. And everybody loved Mega Evolutions, and a whole bunch of people are annoyed that this generation, Mega Evolutions aren't there, there's no Z-moves from Sun and Moon, uh, it's just uh, the new... The new uh, gimmick that they've implemented uh, Dynamaxing and Gigantamaxing oh. which is basically your Pokemon get giant and or may change form again mm. I'm, I'm not seeing uh, when you follow a, fran a franchise a video game franchise any video game franchise Fallout Final Fantasy uh, Elder Scrolls just to name three you follow the hell even Call of Duty you know even though they're pretty much copy and paste every game um, you, you, you take a look you take a look at those games you follow that franchise every single one has new features or other features that, that disappeared that you may or may not have liked you know um, in some way shape or form again this this sounds like I'm sorry I'm, I'm I, I usually try not to be mean on, on the podcast to, to fandoms <laughs> but in this particular fandom it, the gripes I'm hearing and and maybe it's because I'm not as associated into the, to the Pokemon universe as other people are. Like, I didn't play Pokemon Go. You know, I haven't seen the 50 billionth fucking Pokemon movie. You know, um, the, the, plain, the plain and simple fact is, to me, it sounds like childish griping. It, it, I, it, it really, that's what it sounds like to me. I can agree with that on some points of it being childish griping. On the other hand, uh, part of me does agree with some of the griping that... Uh, Game Freak does seem to have a problem of taking away these features and uh, putting new features into brand into the new games uh, of and not bringing the features that were well received back. Um, they do seem to make a habit of it, and while it doesn't detract from the overall games. Uh, a lot of times, some of the there's no reason to not have the feature in the next game. Like uh, for Gold and Silver, they introduced a day-night feature that disappeared for the advanced uh, season, uh, advanced re region games of Ruby and Sapphire. Uh, so day-night feature went away for no real apparent reason. Um, well, maybe from a coding standpoint, it was a pain in the butt, and they just can't do that plus Mega Evolutions plus having a pet follow you around. You know, it might be too much. 
that has seen that has seemed to be the main thing that Game Freak is telling the fans is that um, they didn't include every Pokemon in the in the national decks for balancing reasons. Uh, they didn't include uh, Mega Evolutions and Z moves because they wanted to show the fans something new. And pretty much the whole thing with it is is at what point. Um, at what point is it a game developer being lazy versus a fandom being just whiny and gripey? Right. Like, are, are, are we teetering on both ends of that, or is, is something else bigger going on here is the main thing with this? It sounds like it's a little bit of both. It really does. I mean, okay, are are the are the uh, game developers getting a little complacent because let's face it, they've been creating the exact same game and slapping a new sticker on it every other every other year, you know, um, up until this point. And the only thing they did was add a new feature here. First off, you got to look at it this way: like the fan base, the the vocal fan base does not necessarily mean the fan base in general. May have oh, liked absolutely. a particular may have liked a particular feature, but their <laughs> consensus may have found out that really overall the feature wasn't loved, so they didn't add it into the next game. Like I remember, I remember from uh, from my kids collecting the Pokemon cards, uh, the playing card game. Um, mm-hmm. That there used to be a D evolution where like you got baby Pokemon, like uh, a Piku, I think it was called. Like it was the baby version of a Pikachu. Oh yeah, uh, in uh, or it was around Gen two they introduced uh, a bunch of baby baby Pokemon, which were earlier evolutions of some of the more fan favorite Pokemon at the time. So like we got like Pikachu, Jigglypuff, uh, Clefairy had all had baby versions made. Right, and then that just kind of disappeared, as far as I understand. It's like it's they just they went with it may not have taken off the way they hoped, and it just went away. Well, it sounds to me like that may be what happened with some of these features. They're still there. They're just not at the forefront of, uh, of it anymore. Um, they did come up with a couple more baby Pokemon. I think it was a couple generations later. Like, they, uh, they made Munchlax, which was a um, pre-evolution of Snorlax for Gen 4. But um, yeah, there wasn't as much emphasis put on that feature, uh, and, and more emphasis was put on other features that were coming out um, in later gens. So, well, I mean, you're still gonna have fire types, you're still gonna have water types, electricity, and all that good stuff. So, I mean, you're you're gonna get the the equivalency. You might not get your favorite Pokemon, but. You'll get the the types and all that good stuff. I was about but, to say you may not you may not get a Squirtle, but you'll get a. And again, I know I'm just throwing names out there, but you'll get a, a, a Chotodile that will have the same attack abilities as the Squirtle did. Anyway, you could use the same strategy just with a different pixel on the screen. Right. Yeah. That's that's what I'm saying. And I mean, think about this too. Like, what would happen if? All right. So for. You know, years and years and years, World of Warcraft kept advancing its game, advancing its game, changing stuff, adding new features, taking features back, blah, blah, blah. Pretty much the same thing that's been going on here. And it finally got to a point where the player base was just so upset at everything that they had done that they kept crying like, oh, we want it to go back. We remember vanilla. We want the original back, you know. And they're looking at it through the these rose-colored glasses and nostalgia. And so World of Warcraft did it. And well, they said, here's your vanilla. Here's what you wanted. It's back to the original form. And everybody that I read got back on there and said, it's too hard. So what would happen if Pokemon went all the way back and all of a sudden you've got Pikachu following you around and that's it? Well, see, when you bring when you bring up World of Warcraft, like I remember, I remember I, I used to be one of the players from from the the beginning, you know, with it, and I fell out when they introduced fucking Kung Fu Panda, 
You know, I don't. <laughs> I don't you can't it's convince the me. You cannot. You cannot <laughs> convince me otherwise. It was simply Kung Fu Panda was a, was a popular movie. We should add that type of character into our game. It was oh, fucking yeah. stupid. It but, was all about a money grab at that point. Absolutely, but uh, as far as like, well, they weren't making enough money off of Leroy Jenkins anymore. But but <laughs> as far as far as like all the expansion packs that they threw in, whether it was the first one where it introduced the Blood Elves and and I forget the other race, um, or or the uh, the 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 Winter King or whatever it was one, you know, it really didn't change the game. It gave you a little bit of a, a level cap and uh, a higher level cap and maybe access to different legendary armors or weapons. But the game itself never really changed until Cataclysm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and then from there, it went back to nothing changes in each expansion. You're spending $60 on a new expansion, maybe get one or two new characters, but the game's exactly the fucking same. Essentially, yeah. The only, I mean, the only that one can that really ever... be said for any game, really. You know, uh, the only one that really made a change to World of Warcraft was Cataclysm. The only gripe I've seen so far in the whole Pokemon thing that that came out of this No National Dex thing is uh, there's some people released footage from the demo uh, pieces. Right. And they have Pokemon just walk, you know, kind of walking around in the overworld and in what they call the wild area. And there's a Pokemon called Wingull, which is uh, basically like a seagull Pokemon from Gen 3. And these things are flying around on the on the wild area, and they're stiff as boards. There's no wings flapping. There's nothing. There's wings straight out like T's flying around. It's a beta. And uh, just sort of... But still, if, if you're a a triple a game company and pokemon definitely is because pokemon is a multi-million dollar title and you're at e3 and that's what you're what you're showing people in the demo come on but it's again it's it's a beta i i did the beta test you could look it up i did the beta test for a couple of the call of duties i did the beta test for fallout 76 it's on our channel, go check it out. You know, these games were half broken when I did the beta tests. Yeah, and I but streamed it, but but they didn't look anything like that upon but, launch. But Bethesda still got taken to task for Fallout seventy six being broken as hell in the beta. Yeah, but it was Bethesda gets bro- taken to task. Broke- it was still broken as hell when they released the full game a little bit. Yeah, but it's Bethesda. They always do that. That's why I also offered. Uh, Call of Duty as an example, because I did I did beta test a couple of the Call of Duties from pre-orders when I was playing with my older son. They're all broken at beta stage. You're, the, the reason for beta is to find the glitches and fix them before you give the final product. That's the whole point of beta testing. I still think that that for, from a company standpoint, they should probably have uh, quality controlled that one a little better because that. That one just kind of makes them look bad. Look, like you're pre- you're presenting an E3. Like if it was just an open beta that they let any players play around with it. Like if they had, if they had sent it out through the, the Nintendo eShop and it was a Pokemon Sword and Shield demo and that everybody could play it and whatnot, you, that'd be different. This was this is this was not a publicly released demo. This was in their booth. You had to go to their booth at E3 to be able to even play it, to even look at it, and and that's that's what was there. Like that that kind of just looks bad from a a triple A, a, a game company. Come on. Well, I mean, I agree with you, but I mean, Pokemon itself is a cash grab. It's been a cash grab for twenty plus years. I yeah. Mean, you know, Star Wars is a cash grab. Let's be real. Even before it got sold to Disney, Lucas was slapping the the the, the, the brand on everything that he could. There was, you know, there used to be, there still is, you know, fucking Star Wars SpaghettiOs. Remember C-3PO cereal? I mean, come on. I mean, Pokemon's, oh, I do. Pokemon's doing the exact same thing. 
it's it's all a cash grab, man. I mean, they're they're milking the cow, and and I can't blame them for milking the cow. I agree with you that that if you're going to pre- uh, present something, you should present it in its best form. But at the same time, if it's not ready for for general audience, you got you got to at least be kind of forgiving on that because of the fact that it's it's. It's just giving you an idea of what the game's going to be like when it's finished, you know. So I, I think I think it, I think with that, that's kind of nitpicking to the point of like maybe they have to choose their words better on what they call the presentation, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I, I I can agree with that. Of I, I I feel like if 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 it had come with a disclaimer of this is not the final product, you know. It's not going to look like this once it's all done. It would have been better. But there really wasn't any of that except for in the trailers. Like, the trailers have the this is not final game footage. (laughs) But the demo had no such disclaimer, at least as far as I saw. I don't know. Somebody actually at E3 had had logged into it. Maybe there was a little disclaimer at the start of it. But from all the footage I could see of people who played the demo and, and got to got hands-on with the demo, it was it was all outdated textures. It was bad rigging for 3D models. And it, honestly, people were just complaining that it was it was not what they expected out of a Pokemon game. Like a lot of people who who were commenting on it were saying they expected better quality out of Pokemon games because it is a multi-billion-dollar game series. Like it, it, it is the cash cow to end all cash cows. Right. I I, I don't disagree on that. I, I really don't. And and you're right. I, I do think, again, if you're going to present something to people, especially when you have a hardcore audience, you know, even if it's not a finished product, either put the disclaimer up front saying that this is this is an early access look or, or something of that nature that that, you know, that things are not going to be as crisp and, and clear as the final product. Or you simply create like I, I've seen, I've seen things at E3s and, and stuff like that where you got like no gameplay. It was just a trailer of CGI cutscenes that they put together that were finished. Do that. That gets the people hyped and ready for a new Pokemon game without presenting your bad side. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and uh, I honestly do think that the the whole no national decks controversy wouldn't have been nearly as bad if what they had presented at E3 had been a little more polished. Because I, I feel like people were really harping on the no national decks because what they were shown at E3 was not the quality that they were used to for, for, for a Pokemon game. And maybe it just wasn't what they were expecting from such a, a big company, you know, they wanted uh, they wanted that polish, and when it wasn't what they were expecting, they basically felt like the company was saying, you know, a big f you to our fans. Yeah, like I, 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 I know as a matter of fact, the fandom will get over all of the different features, the not having all of their their favorite Pokemon in the game. They'll get over all of that stuff, but I feel like it, all of, all of the current griping that Game Freak is getting is exacerbated by the fact that what was shown at E3 is a drastic drop in the quality that we have been shown in years past for the Pokemon series as a whole, and that it really does seem like Game Freak doesn't really care anymore. Well, let's be fair too. Like, I'll, I'll draw another comparison to to another franchise that's been long standing, and I'm going to point to a particular number of the franchise because it was not well received for a very long time, and this game may wind up in that same scenario, and that's Final Fantasy Thirteen. Thirteen was 
damn near a flop for the Final Fantasy franchise until years after its release. It didn't find yeah. its legs until years after its release. This game may be the same yeah. thing. It may be so drastic and different that everybody hates it, but after a while, everybody will start finally giving it its time and discover that they actually like the game and how it was presented. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, back to your Final Fantasy example, uh, 13's flop uh, resulted in us getting a lot of really good stuff out of the Final Fantasy series. Like, uh, we, we got... Uh, versus 13, which eventually became Final Fantasy 15 out of that flop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, because 13, and that's part of the reason why 15 was in development for so long is because when 13 flopped like that, uh, Squeenix was like, oh, we've, we've got to make sure that this is perfect. We, we've really got to polish this. And then uh, 13 actually got came back and uh, they gave uh, I think it was Lightning Returns they, they did a well they did two uh, sequels to 13 they did yeah. 13 2 which dealt with uh, with uh, Lightning Sister and then they brought Lightning back in Lightning Returns which was technically 13 3 right yeah. so like they, they, they did, did follow ons to 13 and part of that was a big reason why 13 got its leg found its legs afterwards because they, they released these sequel games to it people picked them up and were like hey this is kind of cool and then they went back and played the first one and was like oh man well I think I think the sequel better than I thought it was I, I think the spin off I don't I don't like calling them sequels I'll call them spin offs um I think the spin-offs kind of helped develop the story more for people. I think part of what hurt Final Fantasy XIII, the story did get a little confusing on, on the gray areas of who was good and who was bad. And I think that may have been a big turnoff to a lot of people. Plus, you know, again, changing uh, game mechanics and everything. At that time, uh, Final Fantasy franchise, every game was different. There was there was no returning qualities of, of gameplay and it's been that way since, like, Final Fantasy X. You know what I mean? Where every game, the, the battle system is different. And and uh, the level-up system is different. And, you know, and that that's one of the reasons why, being a Final Fantasy player, I look at the, the, the gripes of this, this Pokemon game, and I'm just kind of like, well, welcome to our world. <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> you know I, I do agree with you on that front. I, I, I do feel like... The, a lot of the gripes that are happening with the Pokemon fandom right now are more systemic to just gaming in general, because as we get bigger and better hardware for gaming and games become more complex and graphically demanding, because like that that's still happening. Like we're still getting better and better graphics every year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to become harder to make them and take longer and more effort. And I do think that uh, we're seeing uh, these complaints about games and Pokemon series in general are, are symptoms of, of that continued march onward. And even, even as far as like the graphics of, of the game, like you were saying, some of the people weren't happy with the quality of the look of the game. The look doesn't matter to the, to the quality of the game itself. I mean, I'll I'll point to the Mario Brothers franchise for that. Like you, you look at you look at Mario Brothers one through three, and of course you saw the improvements in graphics from the eight bit Nintendo to the Super Nintendo, and and the Nintendo sixty four and blah blah blah. But then you have a sleeper game like Paper Mario, which uh-huh. let's, let's be fair, the graphics were god awful. To, to me, it, it was like they really did get lazy, but. You cannot tell me that Paper Mario is a bad game. Oh, no. It's, it's lauded as one of the best Mario games to date. Like, Right, but graphically, it's, it's probably one of the weaker ones of the, of the past three generations of systems. I don't know. It came out on the Nintendo GameCube. Its graphics were actually fairly decent for its generation. Compared um, to something like Mario Sunshine? Really? Yeah. Well, you gotta you gotta remember Mario Sunshine's graphics were 3D rendered based and everything like that, whereas Paper Mario's graphics were 2D and were intended to be 2D. I know I know they were intended to be 2D, but I, I mean even the characters looks in the 2D realm like 
I I I know I'm confusing the, the original Paper Mario with the with the remake that they did for uh, Wii, the Nintendo Wii, I believe it was, where you got like uh, Count Black. Uh, I think that's uh, Paper Mario and the Thousand Year Door. Right. Yeah. But I mean, you look at like Count Black, and you tell me they really worked hard on that pixel. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> um, but, cool character. I, I, he was a cool character. He just looked like crap. You know? I do. I do believe that that uh, what we're seeing with the Pokemon fandom right now is more systemic of just the continued march of bigger and better games. And Sword and Shield kind of fell in a bad lot because this is the first core title that's on a console. We've had Pokemon console games before, like Pokemon Snap or uh, Pokemon Stadium Coliseum, but they were spin-off games. And really, the only one we that one we had that came close to having a storyline in it really uh, was Coliseum. And but even then, it wasn't a fully fleshed out travel a region, collect your Pokemon, defeat the Elite Four challenged Pokemon League. It wasn't it wasn't the core game mechanics. And so this is the first core game we're gonna have on a on a console. And it's a console as powerful as the Switch, which is capable of running and running well on games like Skyrim or Diablo three. And I feel like the Pokemon fandom, the the gamers that are in the Pokemon fandom know that the Switch is capable of so much more than Game Freak has has showed that they've worked on this game yet uh, on Pokemon, and I yeah. feel like there's a there, there's a little disconnect between the fans and the uh, game creators because the fans are expecting one thing, and the game creators are kind of just chugging along with par for the course. Uh, of Pokemon games and not really pushing the envelope to see what they're actually capable of on the new hardware. I don't know, man. I, I'm still, I'm still going to sit, I'm, I'm going to sit on it like this and, and it's not like I'm waiting with bated breath for the game itself, you know? So people, <laughs> people listening to this are probably like, well, fuck him. He doesn't even like Pokemon, but I mean, right. <laughs> you know, the, the to me, it, it, to me, it's I'm looking at it the same way I would look at a, a franchise game that I do enjoy. That maybe I saw the the, the beta for or the the, the pre uh, the, the the teasers for, and I wasn't all that impressed with. I'm still gonna wait for the game to release, and judge for myself on the final product. And I think that's what the fan base needs to do. It's like okay. You may not be thrilled with the direction they took or the way it sounds, the direction they took, but wait till the game comes out. You, your mind may be completely changed the first time you actually get to sit down and try the game. Yeah, I can agree with that. I, I'm definitely waiting until the game actually drops. Um, because I think that humans yeah. are just going to be humans. It don't matter how good it is. Or how amazing it is, how hard the developers work on it. Nobody's happy unless they're griping. Even though Game Freak has made a couple of moves that disappoint me as a fan, like disappoint me personally, I'm still going to get the new game and see how it is. Because I like the Pokemon franchise. I'm a fan of the series. I want to see it continue. And just because Game Freak isn't doing all the things that I want in a game, it doesn't mean I'm going to disavow the Pokemon franchise as a whole. Like, I, I'm one of the people that's been wanting a massive Pokemon game that lets you start in one region and go to the next, the next couple of regions as you go through. And uh, Game Freak's never done that. They're probably never going to do that. And there's third-party folks that, that have created something similar that, that scratches that itch just fine. Like, you got things like PokeMMO, which let you start in one region and then go to other regions as you go gonna, further. That, that was going to be where I would think that the, the game franchise should go. Like, if, if I were to look at it, and just knowing the mythos of Pokemon in general, it seems like the, 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 game, the game and the story arc of the game 
begs to be an MMO. You know, what you do with, like, Fallout and, and Elder Scrolls Online and World of Warcraft, you should be able to yeah. do a Pokemon where you're going out catching NPC Pokemon, whatever, training them, and even get to battle other trainers in PvP. Exactly. And then, Not like, and then, it, just, it just seems like it's, it's perfect for an MMO franchise. And then every once in a while, they drop a new expansion, and that gives you a new region with new Pokemon, and start all over again. It, I mean, even Final Fantasy tried it with uh, eleven and fourteen. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Which fourteen I mean, but sounds they, like it's still doing pretty well. Yeah, Four, I mean, fourteen was a success. Eleven was a failure. Right, but at least they tried it. Right. You know, that's what I'm saying. That was the pioneer. Like they they tried it. They said, you know what? Let's see what we can do here. And it was it was it was pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, you know, but they didn't let it stop them. They they put it out. It was pretty bad, and they figured it out and made a better one. Yep, they absolutely And, and I, I, th- I think that's that's one of the main things that uh, some of the people at the Pokemon fandom are a lot more vocal about than me is that they just want Game Freak to try. And well, Game you Freak know, just hasn't. Right when. To me, it's, like I said, it sounds like a missed opportunity that Game Freak hasn't gone to the MMO series with Pokemon in, at all. I, I honestly, I, it feels like a, a lost opportunity to me as well. Like, I feel like the second, if Game Freak ever actually did put all of their effort into making a, a um, polished, well-made Pokemon MMO that you started in like one region and you could go to the other regions uh, via expansions and later and, and have the capability of catching just about every Pokemon in it. I feel like the world of the gaming would break overnight. It, it would just... It'd be the perfect game. Right. Well, I'm sure it gets... It feels a little disheartening when your favorite company that you pull for for so long and do, give so much money to and all that creates a product or shows you a product like that. You're like, man, this is, this is what my fan, this is what you give me, you know, my loyalty and all that. This is what I get. Yeah. Yeah. TSR. Honestly, my my personal biggest gripe with game freak in the last couple of years, and this has been over several generations of Pokemon is uh, ever since Black and White 2, I have been annoyed that Pokemon has been releasing, uh, instead of their uh, re-release of the two core titles that they release, uh, polished and added a few extra features and, and a little bit different graphics and whatnot, uh, like Pokemon Yellow, Pokemon Crystal, or Pokemon Emerald, or Pokemon Platinum. Uh, they they went to doing stuff like Pokemon Black and White 2, or in uh, Pokemon X and Y, we didn't actually get one. They went straight to Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire and then jumped to the next generation. So we got, we got the... Uh, core titles for the generation the remakes because they've been doing that steadily for X number of years <laughs> and then jump straight to Sun and Moon we, we didn't get a, a third main series title where it's both games kind of rolled into one with a little bit extra features and uh, I'm, I'm a little sad they didn't keep doing that since Emerald or since Platinum because I liked those games. I, I liked the mashing both versions together and, and adding extra features. Uh, those were some of my favorites of the series. And uh, I'm a little sad that, that uh, this last generation we got Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, which was, again, the, the black and white 2 treatment. It was pretty much the exact same story as Sun and Moon, just a little bit extra and an extra Pokemon added which was fairly disappointing agreed but uh 
I don't know. Maybe maybe with Sword and Shield, they'll actually release a third uh, Pokemon game with the, that's both of them combined and polished a little bit better. Here's hoping. Fingers yeah. crossed. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. We'll see how things go after Sword and Shield. I mean, this... I feel like with the Pokemon fandom the way it is, this could potentially harm the company as a whole if they don't kind of fix what was going on. I mean, if, if they if they choose to take a route that is uh, completely ignoring the fan complaints, that definitely could hurt them as, as a company. But uh, if they do actually concede a little bit and, and maybe come up with some way of implementing the national decks in either a later game or a, a new feature to like Pokemon home or something like that. I feel like it'll, it'll help smooth things over with the fans a little bit. Like, again, <laughs> we could hope again though. You, you also got to think of it this way. We live in a world where you don't buy a complete video game. You, you never buy a complete video game anymore because there's always so many patches and there's always DLCs. I guarantee you that eventually down the line, this game, this particular game, will get all I mean, the crap that the, the, the fans are complaining about because it'll get released in patches or it'll get released as DLCs. I, I, ha I have my own thoughts on, on patches and DLC and, and not getting complete games anymore. But that's that's a topic for an entire other podcast. <laughs> well, this podcast, but another show. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that, that's what I'm saying is that, you know, you, you spend your $60, $70 on a video game, you're only buying half the game anyway. Give it time. They, they may correct what you're complaining about in the first patch or the first DLC. Right. Or just re-release it as like Sword and Shield Squared. I right. mean, they they have they have uh, made press releases since the E3 announcement, and that they have they have kind of doubled down on it. If they're not adding the national decks into Sword and Shield, and it's probably not going to come in as DLC or anything, but that doesn't mean they can't implement it as a feature to Pokemon Home. It doesn't mean that they can't make something else that has all of the Pokemon in it. That that's a periphery to Sword and Shield or to Pokemon Home. The, well, there's plenty of places for Game Freak to go where the, where they placate the fans a little bit. But as far as Sword and Shield is, is concerned, it does not seem like they're going to be budging on that particular uh, line item just yet. Well, let me let me ask you a question I didn't ask. Uh, because it just popped in my head with what you were talking about with them with them doubling down that they're not going to add the the other Pokemon from from previous uh, generations, previous Dexes, whatever. How many Pokemon are going to be in this game? Uh, I don't recall if an exact number has been dropped, but that could uh, be the ma that could be that... the major reasons because there's so many freaking Pokemon in there. The game can't handle all the other ones. <laughs> Has that it been like 150 every single time? I estimates is it usually puts it around 100 to 150. Um, I, I think I don't think we've ever gone over 150 per generation. Um, so, but yeah, that that that's that's about the amount for uh, Pokemon added. I think the smallest gen we ever got was. Uh, Gold and silver, which only added like ninety extra Pokemon. Yeah, only ninety <laughs> brand new Pokemon. <laughs> well, it was tacked on top of the original one hundred and fifty-one. So, uh, and 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 in Pokemon Gold and Silver, it, like Johto is attached to the first gen, uh, the first uh, region. So you, you could actually. You, in, in Gold and Silver, you, you did Johto, you, you completed that part of the game, and then you actually got to go back to Kanto for uh, from Red and Blue. Like, right. that, that, was the that was the one game that you actually could travel between two different regions by virtue of them being right next to each other. And then uh, Ho uh, the Ruby and Sapphire came out, which had the Hoenn region, and it was just 
no ability to travel between any other regions anymore. And I think that's what started the whole everybody everybody wanting the, some MMO Pokemon of being able to go to every region <laughs> is because right. we had it in gold and silver because those were the only two regions that existed at the time. And then they took it away for the advanced series games. Yeah, but, yeah, you know, well. honestly, the fandom didn't mind it too much back then. I can't imagine that this backlash is going to last too much longer. But, you know, it, it does it does definitely bring a thing up of, is Game Freak going to start listening to their fans a little more? Or are they just going to continue on with their standard formula and hope it continues to make them money? From a business well, standpoint, right, I, I was going to say, from to the fans... Well, I mean, that's kind of could go either way because as a corporation, as all right. So as a game developer, you go into that profession profession because yeah, there is good money, but because you want to put out a game that people are going to remember. But then you got the people above them; they don't give a crap what gets pu- pushed out or how fast it gets pushed out, as long as it begins making revenue. You got the CEO of Nintendo with the DS. It prints money. Right. <laughs> New feature. But that—that's uh, my thought on it. As a corporation, they just—they're looking to make their money. So, uh, in the end, the whole thing with the controversy: the fans are right on some things, Game Freak is right on some others. You know, it—it it is a. It is a Herculean undertaking at this point to make a main series game that has every single Pokemon that there ever was, plus the new ones. Because we're, I guarantee you, with this generation, we are going to break the threshold of a thousand Pokemon. Oh, I have no doubt. I guarantee you that's what's going to happen this this generation. And... It, it it's just it's going to become this Herculean task to code all of that stuff in, and never mind the fact keep it balanced for competitive. Yeah, that that part's going to be a little rough. I think the the whole which is, dueling which is, between trainers when you when the game has to try and comprehend. Like, if you've got 500 and they've got 500 and they're all completely different, you know what I mean? I mean, thankfully, in a battle, you'll only ever have six. But still, a thousand Pokemon is a lot for one person to go one poke, one by one to make sure that they're, that none of them are, are so broken that any person can throw this one Pokemon in their party and destroy anybody in any battle. <laughs> well, there there is there is some ways you could get work around that. I mean, like if you're adding the PvP uh, aspect to it, you could always add a, a an anti to it where loser gives up a Pokemon. Oh, I like it. <laughs> but, see, but see that 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 doesn't fix the uh, the broken. Like if 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 there's a if there's a Pokemon that's not balanced amongst all of the other Pokemon, like say it's like super powerful and just sweeps entire teams, having that anti-system is going to be even worse because you have somebody who's using that Pokemon to just sweep entire enemy teams and just take Pokemon after Pokemon after Pokemon for people. And then it's like, it, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to affect the competitive meta too because then you have that broken Pokemon becomes either banned or completely banned from use or... Everybody uses just that Pokemon. Right. Well, I think I think you know you could uh, you could definitely do that too. Like uh, if a person whoever whoever's uh, the one that initiates the fight and they got a Pikachu in their lineup for the fight, say it's a three on three Pokemon battle, and they got a Pikachu in it that you can't use a Pikachu. They can I mean, set up. They can. They can set up stuff like that where where you don't have repeat, uh, repeat uh, pixels or, or characters in in the in the battle. But he, but even then, that's a ton of effort to have to put through to balance everything. Well, balance could also be in the player itself. 
I mean, okay, I can't use a Geodude because dude's using a Geodude, but I like having a Rock-type Pokemon. But I also have a Water-type Pokemon that'll take well, out his Geodude. So it, it's, you, it's, you it's balance more, it yourself, too. Well, the, the, the one thing I'm talking about more with balancing it, everything is uh, every Pokemon has its individual stats, and, and those are coded into the game to begin with and that's why that's what the the game creator of having to go pokemon by pokemon for each individual species and figure out all right is this balanced or is this broken like (laughs) does this one pokemon just destroy everybody else um and that's why it's becoming such a, a heavy undertaking to balance all of that because we're upward we're almost upwards of a thousand pokemon at this point well, you know what? I go back. I, I hate going back to the Call of Duty franchise, but think about it like this. I mean, with the with the multiplayer uh, experience of of Call of Duty, sometimes you wind up with guns that are just extremely OP. They're broken to the point of being broken, and then a patch comes out and they nerf the shit out of it. Right. Or a gun that's supposed and- to be more powerful has been fucking garbage, so they come out with a patch and now you, now this thing's doubled its damage output or whatever the case may be. They, there's nothing that says they can't do that with Pokemon battles if, if they didn't get it right the first time. Right, and I, but I think that's what something Game Freak is trying to avoid doing is I think they don't want to have to go through and patch games to nerf certain Pokemon after the fact. I think they want they want to try and balance it out, which is why they're which is why they're taking the Galar region for the new games and sort of fencing it off from everything else. So that they can have all of these new Pokemon, and these new Pokemon can be balanced and everything. And then they'll probably figure out competitive for all of the new Pokemon with all of the other Pokemon after the fact in something else. But as far as Sword and Shield is concerned, in the Galar region itself, it's just going to be those Pokemon that are already in the Pokedex and the brand new Galar region Pokemon that are balanced against each other. And they're, they're just not going to bother trying to balance all other 700 Pokemon. Fair enough. I think it'd be... I think any which way you slice it, I think it's going to be a good game and people are either going to like it or they don't, aren't. I mean, that's just the, how it's going to be. Exactly. Like, the, like There have been Pokemon games in the, in the series past that, that I've disliked. I didn't hate them, but they weren't my favorites. Like uh, Pokemon Black and White and Black and White Two are, are two of my least favorites. They they were they implemented some cool features at the time, but like I didn't like the graphics for for those generations. It was it was very different from everything else uh, that had come prior and anything that came after it. But. Um, I, I think you're right. I think people are going to like it or dislike it at their own behest. And I think Game Freak is just trying to make it so that they don't have to pour X number of years into developing the next Pokemon game. Because the, if you think about it with the way Pokemon is, of introducing new Pokemon each generation, we're going to hit a point where it's years between each Pokemon game. <laughs> right, like it's it's exponential growth. You add X number of Pokemon per generation. Eventually, you're going to hit the point where creating the next generation Pokemon game, you either have to leave a bunch of them out, or it takes so much more time to make that next game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's realistically. Well, here's that, that's what it is. Here's how you fix the problem. I've got the I got the fix all right here, as a as a good good ending ending uh, statement. The next game to come out should be Pokemon Extinction and start clearing out the mess. <laughs> oh, <gosh>. <laughs> you don't <laughs> you like do execute. Realize... You don't like you... execute. Nobody uses it. Bye. <laughs> I say execute order sixty six. Execute oh, order sixty six. Execute orders. That should be our new. That should be our hashtag for this ex- episode. 
Actually, that may become the uh, title of the episode. All right. <laughs> On that note, uh, where can they find you, Ray? Uh, I can be found at Chronicles of the Lost Realm on Facebook and YouTube. Um, I will be uh, telling the tales as the Chronicler with uh, my band of merry adventurers. Captain, I protest. I am not a merry man. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, General Hillman's not here, so I can't do the the modern major general joke. All right, Chris, where can they find you? You can find me anywhere Realm of the Mist Entertainment is found, whether here on YouTube or on Anchor.fm or wherever quality podcasts are heard. And, of course, you could also find us on our other YouTube channel, The Lost Realm, which features Chronicles of the Lost Realm and soon to feature... Metal Fantasy, an A. Ramos game concept. Ooh, I'm looking forward to that one. Me too. And last but not least, I'm your host, Zephyr Zero. You can find me every other Friday on Press Day Gaming Podcast. You can also find me on the Chronicles of the Lost Realm playing Billy Knoll. And we'll catch you next time, Citizens of the Realm. And remember, Press A for more great gaming content. Yay! Later.